Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain. Uh, we welcome you today, the 27th of March, a Saturday, a beautiful sunny Saturday as of about 10 o'clock this morning here, and um, we praise the Lord for that. And I hope you're getting the same blessed kind of weather where you're at, um, Germany. Germany, Ukraine, Ukraine, two newest countries to join us. We will, we welcome you again uh, to Germany, of course. Herzlich willkommen uh, und uh, alle haben viel Spaß und viel Vergnügen hier. Uh, we are going to have a good time studying the scriptures. Uh, we we uh, kicked off a new series of studies. Uh, last week, or a couple days ago on Tuesday, uh, and it's the 10 major Christian doctrines, uh, fundamentals of the faith that we all need to know, and we started off with soteriology, which is uh, the study of salvation. Uh, we got about, what, about 20 minutes in, Pastor, last segment? Not nearly enough. Not so. nearly enough, he says. So, so you know, with that being said, uh, uh, the good doctor is going to take over uh, for, from from this point on. Uh, get your get your pencils out, your pens, your notebooks, whatever you need to do to take notes because you're going to need this information, and you'll want to you'll want to record what you're what you're being what, what what you're hearing. It's great stuff. So, with that being said, Pastor Chamberlain, the microphone is yours, sir. Yeah, uh, let me. Let me just correct something. Um, my son, whom I love, uh, called me the good doctor. Well, uh, I, do, I, I consider you that. I do not have a doctorate in anything. You've got, uh, an, you've got an honorary as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Okay. We'll take it coming from you. All right. So, soteriology, the doctrine of salvation. Now, uh, of these 10 doctrines that we're going to teach, uh, I think this is the one that's most important, and here's why. Um, when someone gets saved, uh, and if you have a Bible, a good Bible, read John chapter 14, John chapter 15, and John chapter 16. In each of those chapters, uh, there are passages that relate to you that when you're saved, you are then indwelled by the Holy Spirit. Now, that's the doctrine of pneumatology, and we're, and we're just touching on it briefly today. But without the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, that comes through salvation, uh, you really can't understand all of the other doctrines because it's the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us into all truth. And I'm just quoting that from those scriptures in John 14, John 15, and John 16. And you can look in those chapters yourself and see that very thing. And so the most important thing for a human being is to be saved. Now, uh, last in our last podcast, we said this, There's only there are only two groups of people in the world. They're not racially divided. There are several races. Uh, they're not nationally divided. Good grief, hundreds of nations. Um, uh, and they're not sexually 
uh, divided. They're all human beings. Now, but there are only two kind of human beings on the earth. There's only one division between human beings, that, that being those who are saved and those who are not saved. We're teaching to both groups. And uh, our, our job and our desire is that to the group that is saved, we like to encourage you. We like to uh, enlighten you. We like to educate you. Uh, for those who are not saved, uh, we want to evangelize you. We, we want you to, uh, to do God's will and be saved. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so this doctrine, we think, is the most important doctrine to help you understand the other doctrines that we're going to teach. So let's open uh, today's lesson. And if you have your Bibles handy, uh, I want you to turn to Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 16. Now, I'm not going to read all of the verses, but... Uh, I'm going to give you a, a, a kind of a survey of what's happening here. Um, Paul and Silas, and Silas is uh, Paul's companion in the ministry at this time. And later on, you'll see that Barnabas becomes uh, one of his companions. And, uh, and after that, Timothy and, and Mark. But uh, now it's Paul and Silas. And they're in a place, um, one of the largest places in Macedonia, um, and, uh, and it's the city of Philippi and they're preaching, uh, the word of God and, uh, they're doing some healing. And, um, uh, uh, according to the power that God has given them, um, so they're doing some healing and the preaching and, and, um, the, it, 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 their preaching really rubbed a lot of the people the wrong way. So they brought Paul and Silas to the magistrates. And the magistrates had Paul and Silas put in prison. And so we'll begin reading with chapter 16, verse 22. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. The them there is Paul and Silas. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Uh, we're going to focus on that jailer in just a moment. And, uh, and it says they charged the, the jailer to keep them safely. Who, the jailer, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison. Now, in our modern-day parlance, that would be solitary confinement uh, or, or much akin to it. And he thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. Now... Picture Paul and Silas, they're in prison. Now, they didn't have a cafeteria there. And I'm sure they weren't allowed to go 
uh, down the hall to the bathroom. They couldn't check out any library books. No, good. That's <laughs> there was no cable TV no. in the day. So right. here's so here's the the, the posture, uh, the physical posture of Paul and Silas. They were laying on their backs, with their buttocks and their back of their legs up mm -hmm. against vertically up against the wall, mm -hmm. and they had their feet in their ankles in chains and uh, the chains were such that they could not get out of that position. I can imagine having to stay that way for a long, long time. Uh, I don't want to be dirty or off color or anything, but uh, let's be honest with you. Do uh, you don't think they let them loose for a moment to go to the bathroom? Do you? No, no sir. That's not how prison was. So Paul and Silas were in this prison. Let's continue reading. Verse uh, 25 of chapter 16 in, Act, in the book of Acts. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. They didn't bellyache. They didn't complain. They prayed. And they sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. There was a method to their madness, wasn't there? <laughs> they were going to get try to get people saved even in that situation. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. Uh-oh, this is going to be a problem for the jailer who was supposed to keep them safely in the prison. Verse 27 says, And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. You see, he would have suffered great persecution and punishment. Yeah, not, for, not just uh, suspension without pay. No, no, it was not. Uh, he probably would have been uh, beaten <coughs> and put in the stocks, or maybe uh, it would have been capital punishment for him. Probably would have been capital it, punishment. It might have been. Uh, and so he took out a sword and would have killed himself. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, do thyself no harm. We are, for we are all here. Mm -hmm. Then he, that is the jailer, called for a light and sprang in. <laughs> His step was a little spryer now because, um, and, and he probably didn't have his sword in his hand anymore. He sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out. Now, folks, the next sentence I'm going to say to you, one of the most amazing, astounding, wonderful, magnificent. I, I can't tell you uh, how, how much, how important this next statement of the Philippian jailer was. It's one of the best and most important things 
in the Bible. He said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Yeah. Wow, what a question. I like Paul's answer. It's a scriptural answer. Yes, it is. It's a simple answer. It's a succinct answer. And it's a saving answer. And they said, well, you need to get baptized. And you need to go join the local Philippians. No, no, no. No. Now, all of this doctrine of soteriology is wrapped up in this one statement. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And then he, and then he adds to it, and thy house. Yep. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. They, he invited them to his house, probably fed them dinner, and they had some fellowship, and Paul and Silas preached to the rest of the family. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straightway. Now we're going to talk about baptism in just a moment or two. But baptism has nothing to do with the individual getting saved. It's what has to, what should be done, and it doesn't have to be, but ought to be done after we're saved, and we'll deal with that. But what must I do to be saved? And it's simple. Uh, I could wrap up this lesson with with just that statement believe on the lord jesus christ and thou shalt be saved but i'm not going to end it there turn to romans chapter 3 well we're going to be in book of romans uh, we'll, we'll look at romans chapter 10 first and then we'll go back to romans chapter 3 Romans chapter 10. I'm going to read some verses. Begin reading with verse 6. But the righteousness which is of faith, there's that faith. It says, righteousness which is of faith, that is believing, speaketh on this wise, say not in thine heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from heaven, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Then if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved plus or minus nothing. That's my addition. But that's what it is. How 
can I be saved? Les Feldick used to say that too. Is that what he used? <laughs> Les Feldick is a great faith, Bible teacher. Faith plus nothing. Place plus nothing. Yep. And faith so, and nothing. so, faith. So salvation then comes from <laughs> believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, and uh, and so, uh, let's go back to John three sixteen, please. John three sixteen. Boy, I tell you what, I think I shouldn't, I'm not supposed to have favorites, I guess, but, but, but the gospel of John is my favorite gospel. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you why the word believe in its various forms, believeth, believest, believer, the word believe occurs in the gospel of John over 50 times. By the way, the word baptized only happens maybe once. By the way, the word repent doesn't even occur in the gospel of John, but the word believe occurs 51 times. 51 times in the gospel of John. The word believe in its various forms appears in the New Testament 96 times. What must I do to be saved? Believe. Uh, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 8 through 9, it says this, For by grace are you saved through faith. By grace are you saved through faith. Then it says, uh, and not, not of, and that not of yourselves, not by works, lest any man should boast. In other words, um, we're only saved by God's grace. And the word grace literally means a favor or a gift. And so salvation comes as a gift from God. And it comes through one administration, through one vessel. And that's to believe or by grace are you saved through faith Titus chapter 3 says um, that uh, 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 not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his, his mercy saved, uh, that we're saved according to God's mercy so um, what I'm going to what I'm trying to tell you is the emphasis on on salvation is all always must be on believing. John three sixteen says it very plainly, and it's and if you didn't have another verse in the Bible, you could get saved by reading this one. For God so loved the world. You know, the Bible says, "Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends," and Jesus was given by God, and then Jesus gave himself to us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that white men who... Oh, wait a minute. It doesn't say that. What translation are you using? Then Asia, that Asian... Wait a minute. It doesn't say Asian people. Oh, well, that... The head of the household, the man should be. Well, no, 
it doesn't say that. I want you to know what this Bible says. And if you're listening, if you're a giant or a dwarf, if you're fat or skinny, if you're good looking or ugly, and I thank God that I'm saved because I'm, uh, I'm just getting older and uglier. Well, I'm in the ugly category. Yeah. Someone asked me the other day, you could get uglier. See, so, so God doesn't base anything salvation on anything but this. Listen to this. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever, man, woman, black, white. You know, when we were growing up in Sunday school, I went to a good son, good church, and we sang a little song as kids. We didn't totally understand it, but uh, when we got older, we understood this song, and I wish it was still being sung in Sunday schools today. It says, it, can I sing it, Curtis? If you can carry a tune in a TWA transport, go ahead. Uh, I don't have a TWA transport, but we'll try. <laughs> it goes, Jesus loves the little children, all the children in the world, red or yellow, black and white, all are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now this for settles several things. How do I be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And what kind of life do you get? Everlasting lasting life. Can you lose that salvation? No, no, no. Or John 3, 16 is a lie. And it isn't. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world, the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him. See the See the emphasis on believing? He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. They're evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. And so here's the deal. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you are right now condemned. Right this minute. Condemned to what? Well, the psalmist says the wicked shall be cast into hell and all the nations that forget God. Lost people will go to hell. Does God want to send you to hell? No, no, no. He wants whosoever believeth. That's what he wants. He wants everybody to believe. It's amazing. Uh, the word believe occurs in the book of John. 51 times. Is that important? I 
to say so. It must have been very important because the Apostle Paul and Silas told that Philippian jailer uh, when he said, what must I do to be saved? They said, believe, believe. First word out of their mouths. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. What did Jesus himself say in chapter 14? In John chapter 14, while your Sharon is looking ahead and getting ahead of it. So turn to John chapter 14. My favorite. This is Sharon's favorite verse. Uh, and, and, and mine too. Uh, it, 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 uh, in that chapter, well, let me read it. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Believe, 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 believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, the, the doctrine of soteriology can be wrapped up in one word, believe. Well, but you have, it depends on what you believe. That's right. <laughs> yes. let, your, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. This is Jesus telling his disciples, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Well, who's he preparing a place for? Folks, for the saved. Because there ain't no place in heaven for the lost. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. Remember that Jesus Christ, uh, after he died and was buried and resurrected and appeared for 40 days on the earth, he ascended into heaven. Now he's telling them in advance, I'm going to come back. I'll prepare a place for you. And if I prepare a place for you, by the way, that's the personal part of salvation. And then he says, um, uh, and let's read that over again. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Good question, Thomas. Now we called Thomas doubting Thomas because he doubted the resurrection uh, for a while until he saw the scars in Jesus' hands and in his side. But anyway, and Jesus said unto him, are you ready for this? I am. Now there are seven I am's in the gospel of John. <laughs> I think this is the best one. <laughs> I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father. And henceforth, you know him and have seen him. By the way, if Philip says, well, show us the Father and we'll be happy with that. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, <coughs> you've seen the Father. Yeah. And so this is the great I am passage. And, and, uh, and let, let me just, um, let me just um, tell you that salvation is not just a New Testament doctrine. No. It's, not. it's, it's all through the Old Testament. Um, uh, for instance, in the book of Psalms, mm -hmm. in the book of Psalms, 
the word salvation appears over 50 times, 61 times. We see the word salvation in the book of Psalms. And oftentimes in the Old Testament, we'll see that salvation is of the Lord. So now who can be saved? Whosoever. The grace of God, Titus chapter 2, 11 says, the grace of God that bringeth salvation, there's that salvation, hath appeared unto all men. Now you say, oh, how's that possible? You know, I don't really know. All I know is that it has appeared unto all men. And everybody that comes into the world has a format of faith built into them. Now, if you want to doubt that, you know, everybody, can, everybody can believe. They really can. Uh, but let me... If you're an atheist and you believe in the Big Bang, that's where your faith is. That's right. So it depends on what you believe. Yep. What, what, what you believe. By the way, when you believe is very important. Now is the day of salvation. Okay. I've got one more minute in this episode. Uh, and so I'm going to begin reading Romans chapter 1, uh, verse 16. And then we're going to go uh, see a few things uh, about how everybody has a chance at salvation from Romans chapter 1. So be there when we come back. And I'm going to read to you this. Romans 1.16, the Apostle Paul says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now the gospel of Christ is in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4. And we'll read that uh, subsequently. But I, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God uh, unto salvation to everyone that believeth. 